Oh, are we in for a big show? Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, Jen Rolnick, and our latest addition to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show, Frank the Tank. <laughs> I said I was going to find out what Frank's last name was yesterday. Go? I lied. Can we get it via Sammy right now? Do I, we no, need it? No, 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 no. We don't want to know Thank because you, Mr. The Tank. It'll, be, it'll be this last name that will really kill the Frank the Tank vibe. People, you don't want something that complicates people's yes. view of them. Just picture a tank. Correct. Okay. All right. Plenty to get into on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Big win last night. Tavares, 11th career hat trick. Austin Matthews, 66th career power play goal surpassing Davey Keon. Lots to dissect mm-hmm. moving forward. But the most important thing to start off this show. Oh, God. <laughs> what is cringing? Why do you cringe you know off of that? Because I'm waiting to see if we're going to make a thing a thing or not. I'm waiting to see. I was just going to go Sammy at the game. Uh, okay, okay, I can live with not that. Not as a <laughs> Sportsnet 590 The Fan employee, mm-hmm. but as real Kipper and Bourne's super fan. Correspond- correspondent. Yeah, correspondent. Yeah. No, correspondent super fan, Sammy McKee. So... <laughs> How was the experience that you weren't going as a you know, professional? It was great. I, I had nice such an awesome time. And they won, and that was great. But I love hockey, fellas. Oh. Like, I, I love hockey I see, so much. that's so sweet. You no, know what, though? You need that. Need when you, which is a friendly reminder. It's a great game. When when it's when just it, a game. When you're in the building, it's just such a different thing when you're watching it on TV. And just how fast they're going, the passing, the snapping, and fighting, and everything. It's just, it's so awesome. I, and, I, yeah. and I just have to come to grips with a couple things. You guys won't want to hear this because you're older than me, and old guys hate hearing when young guy, younger guys talk about feeling old. But I I had three adult beverages last night. One at dinner beforehand and two at the game. And I legitimately am kind of hungover and tired today. Like, I'm off washed. Three, yeah, off I'm three. Washed, I'm washed But they're, they're giant beers. I had one giant beer and then two other normal I do beers. find, that, or had, used to find, the giant beers are, the, they're damaging. The, the Scotiabank Arena beers, I honestly okay, think they put, it's... like, two shots of vodka in those beers. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it is, but it just... I feel a little yeah. green There's under the impurities in the water, like, yeah. I think, that lead to the yeah. draft process. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't aren't thrilled about the, I don't know, twenty two fifty, twenty five bucks. It's a bargain, but they, you get a lot of beer. <laughs> oh yeah, it makes right? it feel so, too kind of yeah, you, know, you definitely. But it wasn't exactly cheap. My lovely wife Allison paid. I bought the ticket. She bought me a beer. So we had a well, great time. That's nice. Married now. Nice it's all to one hear. Pool. We had a great time. Nice to hear. If I can ever trust JB here to. Come back to a game with me and not step on anyone's toes. <laughs> uh, we're we're gonna do it again. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going. I'm going your way though with like salmon and roast beef. Uh, <laughs> I'm Sammy's way. Yeah. I will say though, when you're in person, you're reminded of how much it's a hockey game. Like there's randomness and bounces, mm-hmm. and like you're just reminded of how anything can happen. It seems on TV so controlled sometimes. Uh, in know, person, it's more bounce, uh, hockey-like. Puck was bouncing on three and blue a lot. Let's just say that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So just to follow up a, a little bit. <laughs> a lot of um, bounces around his stick. Because you because you went to the game last night, you're perfect to answer this question. Mm. We, we know there was a lot of air in the balloon before the game. Mm-hmm. Did 
the win against the Flyers, a 5-2 win, alleviate some of that air? Did people leave breathing a little uh, better than going into this game for the Toronto Maple Leafs? So I will say that it was a weird start. I thought they played well, but they didn't really get the results. By the end of the first period, they went up 2-1, and I thought that was deserved. But there was a few moments there in the upper deck where people were getting a little ornery. There, yeah. was, there, was some, there was some squirming. But by the end of the game, I was saying this when I was leaving to Ali that, like, it's amazing what sports – this is maybe just too philosophical for that, but what sports results do for people's psyche. Mm-hmm. People leaving that arena last night after a great win, hat trick from the captain, big hoot nanny, brouhaha on the ice, everybody's yelling, everybody's screaming. People are dancing out of there. Go, Leafs, go. Like, yeah. it's amazing what one okay, win so in it a did. match. It did 100% a little bit. Kipper. It, People it, were leaving there thrilled last night. It, it, it bought time then. No doubt. To, to start the process. No you, doubt. You have to start somewhere. Yes. I may or may you not have sent a few. You same feeling off of last night's game? I may or may not have sent a few texts. another day. That said, we're back. So. <laughs> we're, oh, you went with the we're back. <laughs> Maybe a couple I we're back. I won't go that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But it was crazy about Hall. Like, they were booing him at home for every touch of the puck last night. Not to start, though. No, it was one shift. It was the, it was the one mm. neutral zone, I think, turnover. or He got caught. No, there was, there was one shift where the puck was a hot potato and it came to him in like four different crucial spots and he muffed it every time. Yeah. And like it was a continue it was like a build. The first one everyone's like, ah, oh, grumbling a bit. Ah, oh, grumbling a bit. And then by the fourth one, people in my section were literally yeah, they're like standing up and booing. Like I wouldn't say he's too popular. Useful or useless? This is usually an end of show segment, but yeah. useful or useless for you right now. Maybe he's the luckiest man on earth. When Justin Hall was on the ice last night, the Leafs got 24 uh, shot attempts and had five against. Scoring chances, the goals were two to one. Scoring chances were 12 for the Leafs, three for the Flyers. When Hall was on the ice last night. I'm not saying he was awesome. Maybe it's a massive coincidence. I would go back to what we just said moments ago. It's useful because they won Mm 5-2 and you have to start somewhere. Yeah. So if if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I'm I'm re- relaying that to Justin and saying, say, hey, things went well. We're, we're starting to turn this thing around. Yeah. So useful for me. But I will say the whole team had really really good numbers because they were way better than Philly, who is awful. That, that is. A, <laughs> that is a. And that has to be in consideration here. Who as did well. they beat? How have they, they won five wins? Yeah, I mean. Like, how good has Carter Hart been? A really, really good. My goodness. Really good. Yeah. Okay, we can get into that and so much more, but let's just get Sheldon Keefe on uh, the first Kipper's Clipper on the overview of, of the game. Well, we had good legs. I thought we moved the puck, uh, moved the puck much better here tonight. We had the puck a lot, you know, and... Uh, did a lot of good things. Thought we were, we were in control of the game, you know, pretty much from start to finish. Despite the scoring first, I didn't think it rattled us. So, you know, power play responded really well, uh, get us even, and then uh, you know we got big performance from our captain and a lot of good efforts from from a lot of people. Okay, so we've got that. We've got your underlying numbers. Me going into the third period, puck drop chance for the Flyers seconds later to tie the game 
it was still up for grabs at that point for, for, yeah, for me. I think you text us anyone's it's, game. It's, it's up for grabs on a team that is coming off a game the night before that went to overtime with a goalie who, if I'm not mistaken, still is looking for his first NHL win, Felix. Sandstorm. 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 Felix. Sandstorm. And just, you know, just not as convincing as I would have liked. But, again, got to start somewhere. Yeah, got to start somewhere. And, you know, I was thinking when it was 2-1, like, the Leafs are allowed to score two. You know, it doesn't have to be hang on tight for dear life here down the stretch. So, uh, good to see them pull away a little bit at the end when the Flyers' legs should have caught up to them, which is what Keith talked about going into this game. Sure. Was And I, like, I know he scored a hat trick last night in John Tavares and three quite lovely goals, if I yeah. do say so myself. But he was, from the drop of the puck, the best player on the ice by far on either side. The work he does before the first goal. Yes. The first goal, maybe you want Sandstrom to have like, that. You definitely do. But the work he puts in. He is, was noticeably, po- and I think they're playing a crappy team. Working That's his a, bag off. He Bingo. works bag off. I they, actually said that about Tavares, the original drop. Yeah, he, he really <laughs> was working hard, and he just was had good pace, and he really, really looked engaged. And you said it, Kipper, like he was jawing at people. He seems to hate the Flyers. I don't know, maybe it's an old division thing well, with connecting. the... He was all over the place last so night. So, I, I was... Lachlan and him, John. Oh, that's just thing. It was Lawton. Yeah. Lawton. Yeah. Sorry, Lawton. Yeah. yeah. Lawton so, challenged him. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He, he wanted to go him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean... It's I bet so Lawton. Easy to I bet do that Lawton. Someone does. who's never yes. fought in their career, like yeah. it's an easy guy to challenge, isn't it? No doubt, Lawton wants to go. Okay, okay. In about uh, twenty minutes, we're gonna have Mike Rupp, NHL a network network analyst, former NHLer, six hundred games, doing a good job south of the border. Been on the show before. He sends out a tweet last night mm-hmm. that broke down the Konechny. Matthews confrontation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, I'm not sure how it played out live for you or people in that area or what the buzz was after. Um, but certainly for me, it was rather noticeable. It was noticeable on Mike Rupp, who put out a tweet last night and uh, broke down basically what he was able to see mm-hmm. out of it. And uh, it's not favorable to Austin Matthews. It's not favorable for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, and basically said it's a, a big concern moving forward still. So, so yeah. why don't we why don't we start first of all with Sheldon Keefe talking about it indirectly with uh, Mark Giordano uh, jumping into the aid of Austin Matthews. Let's go well, there first. It's another it's another huge moment in the game. You know, it's. Uh situation that's what that's what the game called for at that moment Gio's a leader he's been in the league a long time he's an absolute competitor um you know not known for guys a guy that's gonna you know fight or you know or anything like that but he is an absolute competitor and you know in that moment he's in there sticking up for teammates and even even go before that I mean Austin's in there competing and sticking up for himself um but uh you know that's happened a couple times now and our guys have have responded um, appropriately in that moment. So that's another really, really positive thing, you know, to come out of it. And those are the kind of things that just help build your team a little bit closer. So, you know, that's great to see. Okay, before we jump in, Sammy, was, was, were you still in the building at that point? Oh, yeah. 
I'm and not leaving the Leafs did, win early, buddy. Did, Come did, on. It, did it play out in any way, shape, or form with, with you personally or people around you or not really? So what I'll say is, is I knew, I, to be honest, I think what started the whole thing, because Konechny went after him after he tried to, he tried to, like he was near the net and Konechny kind of threw his shoulder up near his head area. And I think Konechny was pissed off that Matthews did the through the leg attempt in, you know, with five minutes left in a 5-2 game, which old ho- old school hockey. It's I roll for me on that. For sure, but, like, I get it. If you're on the other team, that probably pisses you off. Well, can I just speak of this? Because yeah. in my era, that would have that would have caused a five-on-five. Five. If, yeah. if you ever felt like, again, uh, a, a game's out of reach, you feel at any point that the, someone's trying to embarrass you at the end of the game, That's gonna that, piss you that, off. Was a, that was a legit thing. I am surprised yeah. to hear that today. To hear what today? That Travis or someone else on the Flyers would be feel like uh, would would feel that oh, Austin I tried to show them up I see what you with mean. the between okay. the legs thing when yeah. the game's over. So you know, I I know I made my point in our group chat, and here I'll just reiterate the point that like through the legs used to be you never did it. It was like passing up a good scoring opportunity. Guys are so good at it now; it has become a viable way to fool the goalie and score. You know, they're up 5-2. They're not up 10-1. He had a scoring yeah. chance and thought he could put it past the goalie. We've seen 100 through the legs goals over the past For 10 sure. years. And I'm just so, saying. I know. But, I, but if you're on the Flyers, that doesn't piss you off? No, I, I, I mean, I think we're past that. I, no. I really well, do. That you're looking for something hey, to be hey, mad the, about the, if you're the, the Flyers. The Flyers aren't past that, and they play. And they're yeah. looking for something to be mad about because they're getting their asses handed yeah. Yeah. to them. I hate this yeah. guy. So then, anyways, outside of that, it was in the other end of the rank where I was. So I saw Matthews get hit. I was like, oh, I bet you he goes back after him. He goes after him, gives him the shot or whatever, what happens. And then it's just kind of a schmozzle. And then Mark Giordano sets Scotiabank Arena on fire. <laughs> like, when he jumped in just on... Troy Polamalu from... The whole building... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. The whole building erupted. And that's, that's still hockey. And that's what people love. That's what it really opened my eyes. Yeah. How into that part of the game people still are. And that's when the loudest the rink was the whole night, that whole hoot nanny. But I had no idea from that perspective what had really happened with Matthews because it was just such a scrum you couldn't really see from my vantage point. So and I before, didn't see it until before I got you home. jump in, Kipper, yeah. uh, JD and I did a post-game wrap-up, and we went on and did, like, the Leafs talk. And JD was like, ah, I didn't like that play from Giordano, maybe a little bit, like, risky to put connecting in that spot. And I was saying, hey, just good to see the Leafs. What, what, what risk? He just felt like Konechny kind of got, like, blindsided, like a bit of a dirty play on Giordano's part. Does he know it's a Leaf show? We, we don't really care. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I was like, them? I was like, we have been clamoring for someone <laughs> to stick up for each other on the Leafs for so long that great. There's Even a geo chance last yeah, time for that. Great. You know, so I, I, was, I was on board with that, and I think I missed what has become the important talking point today. And then, and then he got the flippers off and legitimately fought Kevin Hayes. Like, he was fighting. He was throwing punches. Yeah, they Kevin were both Hayes fighting. is not some no, that, like, that was a fight. You can see why Gio's lasted this long. You know, this long like in the Mark Recchi, he gets it. Very yeah, can adjust his role. Uh, yeah. A talented guy, a, a, a tough guy, and gets all of that. And the emotion outside of you know Wayne Simmons right now, Gio may be the, the toughest guy they have in the lineup. Oh man, that can't be right. Okay, can it? Can you give me somebody else? Oh. Aston Reese fought three Quickly. times last year. Who's that? Aston Reese fought three times last year. <laughs> okay. You know what you just look like right there? You know that, like, the squirrel that goes, right dun, dun, dun. he, like, looks? That's what you look like right okay. there. Like I said, Gio may be the toughest guy right now in the oh, lineup. No. 
You gave me Austin Reese? I did. <laughs> okay. Engvall's really for, tall. Forget about that for a second. Okay. Uh, this is my take on it, okay? And oh, time. I know that it, people are sitting there going, what do you want, Austin, to uh, drop the gloves, break his hand? And the answer to me for that is no, no. No, I don't want him to do that. Uh, and I, I don't think he has to. Okay. But what he cannot do is backpedal. Mm-hmm. What he cannot do is just stand and watch others get into it and be like Sammy sitting in the greens watching. That At that point, if your teammates are in the fight for you, mm-hmm. you've got to show more emotion than that. And well, that you care about their well-being. I don't want Austin Matthews at six, three, yeah. two hundred and thirty pounds to backpedal on a five foot nine, one hundred and seventy pound player. I don't want yeah. that optics. Yeah. The one thing that it does for me more than anything else past this game is it leaves a guy like Brad Marchand being reminded. That that's the part of the game that Austin doesn't like. So instead of getting that out of Austin in the last minute of the game, maybe I'll start that in the first minute Saturday night. And this just, if, if Austin would have just hung in there and gone toe to toe with him, and maybe that might've been a shove, uh, a wrestling, on, grab re- wrestling, glass, like, just you know, to do a whole something. Yeah. But for him to stand and do nothing, it's like Austin's got to start with a pulse first. Yeah, and he had, he showed no pulse. You know what I think can't help but think of is like if you and three buddies went to a movie and there was three buddies behind you and someone threw some popcorn at you in your jaw and you get out of the movie theater and those guys start confronting you. If if it starts to go down and one of your buddies just like saunters off and is like, oh, I hope this goes, you know, like you're like, hey, man, like where the hell were you? Like the, we, those guys were all over us. We could have used someone to pull them off me, could have made sure the numbers were even. You could have just kept a guy, you know, kept some hands on a guy, helped us out. You just got to stay around, stay watching what's happening in case Bunting's getting fish hooked on the bottom or something. And Michael Bunting for me, is now at a position where he is, he tries, he tries. He's not pretending to be anything more than what he is. He's a guy that can he's get... He's engaged. He's engaged. Okay, he, he stays in my television screen with a scrum. <laughs> I may not like all the time uh, how he falls or mm-hmm. tries to draw penalties, but it... Let me at him! Let me at him! At least he's chirping at least he's in someone's face at least he's okay he's not beating anybody all up. right so I'll, I'll do devil's advocate because we agree on this and that makes for bad radio i'll tell you all the takes i'm getting in response to tweeting something to that effect austin matthews does not need to have anything to do with this mike bossy won stanley cups and the people around him picked him up phil kessel went and won stanley cups he doesn't have to be that guy um you know you don't want him breaking his hand he just had wrist surgery all he does is score. Well, you know, this guy can't be asked to do this. If he fights, you're just going to say that it's proof they don't have enough yeah. toughness and they need to get someone how, else. How many times did Mike Bossy get challenged with York Clark Gillies and Bobby Nystrom and even 
friggin' Dennis Potvin was tough as nails. Well, they all how, said, how someone many, touch him, I dare how, you. How many times <laughs> did he get ragdolled behind the net like Austin did with Ben Sherratt? If, if, Mike, if they would have done that to Mike Bossy, what would that have looked like? Just the red wedding, essentially. Not good. <laughs> yeah, not, but a lot of gloves and helmets on the yeah. ice. That's a long break. So, so maybe that has something to do with it? Yes. To me, every superstar gets, has one. No? Like, you think eventually there's a, a, there's a, a fight. At some point, like how many times Crosby had five or six? Oh, he's oh he. Ovi's had a Ovi's had a couple. Ovi murdered Svechnikov. Crosby's Crosby will knock your teeth out with his stick before he gets to get there. McKinnon last year hurt his hand. I know he hurt his hand. He came back. McKinnon did it last year. To me, there's always a time in the career of a superstar. Like, my buddy was texting me this morning. He said, ah, Mario Lemieux, you know, he was, he never, and I'm like, I found a fight, Mario Lemieux beating the wheels off some guy in the 80s. I'm like, I don't even know who yeah, it was. You had to, had to then. But at a, eventually, somebody pisses you off enough to want to go, right? To at least little brother the guy, though. To at least grab last, me, be like, you do me, the basketball, like, you're too wanna, little. I don't want to be a Nathan, Nathan, uh, Neanderthal. 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 But like, like me. That was a... <laughs> 10 out of 10, perfect opportunity. And you know why else That's it was? Nice. You can't say you don't want him in the box. It's 5-2. There's a minute left. It's a meaningless game in November. You're right. It is the perfect time to just show the guys on your team that it's not that you guys have to protect me. We're in the fight together. I think that's a real time to, to send that message that it feels like to me, and Sam, did you have more? I'm going to go on a little rant. So. Give it. It feels like to me that Matthews has been told by everyone, you don't have to do that. We've got your back. We're going to protect you. I don't. I don't believe that. Oh, I, I'm sure that the coaches, coaching staff, has said you're not that guy. Yeah. Okay. You're not that, that okay, guy. I'm pal. sorry. You're not that and, guy. And, pal. And and who's backing him up? What do you mean? Who's backing like, him up? Yeah, teammates. Like, okay. You, you, we've got your back. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Then okay. Then how's this playing out then? Well, with Giordano tackling guys and Michael Bunting okay, chasing so people around. Okay. So that's the game plan that that we're going to have. A guy that's closer to my age than Nick Robertson age <laughs> protecting Austin. You really want an almost 40-year-old man no. jumping in there? I think that's a game they wish they would have someone else in the lineup. I don't know. But I think that they think when it comes to playoffs, that's not going to be as necessary. And <sighs> Can we get there first? I know. That's a good point, too. Yeah. I mean... It's, you know, I, I got to, when we, when we're not, the cameras aren't on, whatever, right? Because I don't want to sound like a, a Neanderthal. Okay. Like, I'm definitely saying everyone, like, yeah, I want him to grab Konechny and punch him in the face. He's so much taller to be punching downhill at the guy. I would love for him to. We've talked about on the show about how he doesn't get angry. And it just, like, Konechny took a really hard swipe at his ankles. did that piss you off a little bit? He, he did you- slash him. He did cross check. Like, he's there. Just don't backpedal after that just hold your ground what is what is travis going to do to him seriously you're, he's five nine what are you going to do to a 230 pound man like if you need to push back or just don't back up don't backpedal do you think this has anything to do with the fact that like he didn't grow up in canada with this hockey culture whatever like he was just an elite team skilled player goes to switzerland well, I think great player. Well, i the, think you're on to something right there you know that it's just 100 percent not 
hasn't been a part of his hockey upbringing. I don't know. The way that here, it's I, like, I, do it. How, how many times did he physically get challenged growing up in Arizona? Yeah, I don't. It's probably always way bigger. And then than from there, where know. is bigger, it? Bigger and better than everybody. USHL. Yeah. I, and I don't know that league particularly well, but I do know even today's day and age if if you grow up in the chl if you're playing in ontario the west or some Quebec, meathead is going to be like there, there's there's some there's some sense that uh you take it now you're going to take it all year mentality yeah it's different today we know it's different there's a lot less meatheads out there but i i think if he would have come up through the the junior a ranks there might have been more of a of a of a mentality where you know you aren't gonna you're not gonna back off like that yeah it's funny in our um youtube poll it's 223 votes 60 percent of people think he should not have fought in that instance but but i, I but the but the, I, the fight is, that, that's not the question it's missing though. the point that's me. not the question okay Agreed. it's not one or the other mm-hmm. it's finding that fine line yeah. where you can just hold your own and not look like you are disengaged in the moment how do you do that austin that's for you to figure out He's kind of that, what is it, the smiling mask meme over the angry guy behind? Like, I'm not even mad. You can punch me. I'm not even mad. So I think there's a couple things with fans because this is a a very polarizing thing. Like you said, 60% or whatever. But I see on my Twitter, on my my friends texting me about this and conversations that I've had today before we do the show. It's a very polarizing thing. And I think a lot of people that are pushing back saying it's not that big a deal. Part of me thinks that they are like deeply ashamed about it and they're just projecting <laughs> because <laughs> I don't, yes because i don't know how you watch what mike rupp and listen mike rupp he's not a neanderthal like he had he and people are just immediately nice guy, thoughtful they're immediately just discounting what a guy who played in the nhl for what 13 seasons almost 700 games are immediately just killing mike rupp you don't know anything what are you talking about he went, took the time to do a very well-thought-out video explaining a very fair thing, and everyone's like, oh, that's completely unfair. People are projecting. The only thing I thought, you know, the, the best point of it is, like, like a guy's piling just, on bunting. Like, at least be like, hey, that's your buddy, too. He came to visit you in Arizona. There's someone trying to hurt him. Like, and, like friends. And, and it's just not Mike Rupp. What was the, the clip we found on Instagram? What was that guy's name? Oh, Coach? Just, okay, so I follow this guy on TikTok, too. He's Coach Chippy. Uh, no, I don't know. Coach it? Kippy today. Kippy. Yeah. So <laughs> we, got, we got a sound bite. We got a sound bite of this. He does like, okay, let me give him some context. Okay, please. He does like, I follow him on TikTok. He's hilarious. Forget his actual thing. We should give him some shout out. But he does all these like hilarious videos of doing impressions of people and like coaching and like hockey things. It's funny. So play, just play the clip. It's hilarious. And where's Gio? Hey, where's Gio? Let's give a clap up for Gio coming in like a football player and taking out Konechny there, stepping up for Pappy. Pappy, I would have loved to see you maybe drop him there. That could have been a character to drop the mitts there, but you didn't. That's okay. Gio comes in football style. Gio, give it up for Gio. Gio coming and making sure nobody's taking any liberties on our players. See, this is perfect. How old do you think this guy is? 25 at the most? Max. 25 at the most. He's saying it could have added some character to Austin. Yeah. And that proves every dressing that I room am not in the NHL.
<laughs> I'm the dinosaur. <laughs> no, in every He's red hockey dressing room, everyone's going, yeah, I probably should have, you know, mixed it up a little. Not, I would say this is at the forefront of the issues where I'm, I get DMs from people who I find reputable who are like, oh, totally agree. Like Austin definitely should have. You know, but no one wants to be out there as the dinosaur. No one wants to be like, you should have punched him in the mouth. But that's kind of how everyone feels about this. That's, if we're searching for the truth in it all, that's how fans feel. Mostly. Aside from the hyper-cerebral ones who are overthinking. Mm. All right. We beat that up. But we're going to get Mike Rupp. We're going to beat some more up. We're going to well, find, Mike, Mike Rupp's going to come on, uh, you know, if he, he, he went out of his way to, to really <laughs> make a point here. So we thought we'd. Make some time for him. Made some time for us. So make some time. He did. We appreciate that. Yeah. And plus, that was better than talking about Pontus Holmberg's debut. Well, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, don't mind him. Fine. Don't mind him at all. Actually, you know, as a guy who's going to be in the bottom six, fine. Keith talked pretty glowingly about him. You want to hear it? Yeah, for sure. Sure. Yeah, I I liked him. I I like when the puck, you know, puck got on the stick. I thought at times he looked looked like a guy playing in his first game and sort of trying to get comfortable. Um, The number of penalties that there were. Well, he took away from really any sort of rhythm in his game, but I really like him as a player, and uh, he's a guy that we, I'm happy to get in here and, and get him involved and to have another natural center. Um, I think he's, I, I, from what he's shown me, I think he's, I think he's got a future in the league. So uh, to get him here and get him involved is, is really good, and you know, we'll see you know, as each day goes how it fits and how it all works, but um, we think we've got a, a good player there that's going gonna, gonna to, play a role for us here this year i i I do see the same thing i saw a guy who won face off stayed on the d side of his guy in the d zone was slightly physical worked hard liked him can i tell you something that i liked that i didn't expect to like maybe maybe it's because they played against the flyers Hmm. but i thought riley mette had a few pretty good shifts last night where i noticed them playing somewhat well together did you guys notice that or hated them no i had no opinion no what did you call him Riley, Riley and Mete. Oh, what do you think I said? I thought, I, I thought you were you call yeah. I thought you were using his first name as Riley. Oh, <laughs> we Riley like, Mete. Like, Riley? Riley Mete. I thought it was like uh, Vic Victor Victor Mete. No, yeah. I, Riley I, and Mete. Okay, I'm on. I actually enjoyed them together. I thought they looked okay. I don't know if I'd like it against the Bruins, but against that team last night, I thought they complimented each other yeah. well, and I didn't expect that. Some things I did think last night. Morgan Riley killed four and a half minutes of penalties last night. Four thirty. Shorthanded time on ice for him. Yeah. Really? That's excessive, yeah. man. He he killed last year 141 per game. The year before, 24 seconds per game. So then when Lilligren comes back, is he going to be put, put right into that role of killing penalties? Like, is he a penalty killer? Uh, he did kill for them last year. I'll, I'll look that up to see how much. But Because to me... You don't want Riley playing that much on the kill. To me, it kills him at five on five. And Justin Hall still has a role to me, if even when Lilligren comes back. Justin Hall killed six and a half minutes worth yeah, of penalties last night. He's their only good penalty-killing defenseman. Yeah. He's their only natural guy that does it. Anyways. The, the mere fact that uh, a, a point was still within reach starting the third period. Was because of Samsonov? Oh, sorry. Well, no, but yeah, maybe. But <laughs> Tortorella as well, the job that he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, because I look at that lineup and I see for the first time since... And I'm old enough to remember the Broad Street Bullies, but I've never seen, like, no game changers on a roster before. It's a great point. Philadelphia Flyers. How high is their best player in the league's top 200 list? Well, let's just say 
on, on a championship team, where would all of these players be? You know, two and a half, three lines? That's a does. really good point. I'm right? going, like, like, is, like, is Konechny and Provorov, who are Konechny's their best guys? Konechny is a, 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 can, can drop in the bottom of the bottom of the six, but third-line guy. Uh, maybe Kevin Hayes is uh, your your fifth, sixth, or seventh forward on the depth chart. Boy, that's a really good point you make. How like, good how- is their best player, and who's their best player? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen has got to be struggling as much like, as anyone in the I've NHL. Never. I'm watching this lineup and I'm going, this has to be on paper the worst team in the NHL. Well, Arizona's stripped to the. I nubs. don't know. I mean, Clayton Keller's got a chance to break one open. Philly doesn't. I, I don't have know Nick if Ritchie, any. But. They have any. Rich is great. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't even in Anaheim like you're watching Anaheim and you're like yeah there's many reasons why they're sitting at the bottom but then Zegris goes a uh, bit of a game changer here yeah yeah no good point and I saw nothing out of the the Flyers but Samsonov last night I mean pucks going through the guy Sammy what did you see well, didn't you so I saw twice that these like weird wrist shots from the point beat him clean and hit the post a couple times to me like. <sighs> Me and Bunkus, he gets yells at me because he thinks I hate goalies, which is somewhat true. But <laughs> I don't have it. I, my confidence meter is not high on old Ilya, on have some smile. <laughs> Seeing him live. These two tendies. He made a great save to start the, thir- the, start the third period. Yeah, I made a couple great t- saves. Ken Beller, there's a couple really good saves. But just moving around a lot, playing pucks I don't want him to be playing, just kind of sliding and around jittery just jittery not what i want a goalie i know that a lot of people are are going okay what are the leafs doing they give up a a quality chance like that five seconds in but how often do you see from a center face off even though it's a power play situation yeah. that your two defensemen go in they on a two both D. on a two on o yeah I mean, they took a great chance, the Flyers did. They sent both D. I mean, if that puck goes the other way, the Leafs are 2 on 0 the other way. You know, you and I looked at the play, and it's like, okay, Marner's got his guy, Camp's above his guy, Hall's tied up with his guy, Brody goes to play the puck. Like, you know, those guys came with speed, and they jumped the gun. They they made a good play. I, I give Philly credit there. So when I worked with the, the legend Denny Potvan here at Sportsnet, he told me this story, and I think think it goes back to a, a a Canada Cup where I don't know if it was early in the uh, in in the games or a preseason game mm-hmm. but he's paired with Bobby Orr <laughs> and it's not a I, I don't think it's a, a power play situation like we saw last night yeah. but he and Bobby are now going down the ice on a two-on-o. <laughs> There's five forwards out there, eh? Yes, yeah. exactly. That's great. So they come back to the bench, and Scotty, I think it was Scotty Bullman, if I'm not mistaken, just looked at Dennis Pot, uh, Denny Potvin and Bobby Orr and said, hope you enjoyed your two-on-o because you're never having one again because I'm breaking you up. <laughs> yeah, I've, seen, I've seen enough out of you two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, as promised, uh, Mike Rupp, very busy guy, but uh, made time for, for Sammy and JB and I. And uh, Rupper, uh, a lot has been made out of your video that you put out last night on Austin Matthews. And just 
give me give me your thought process. Did you watch the game live? Someone showed it to you after you broke it down. What were the emotions for you to to go to great lengths to to break down something like this? <laughs> the, the great lengths. Uh, well, the trans, full transparency. I'm I'm sitting there on the couch and winding down for the night. I had an early shift at NHL Network and. You know, um, I was paying attention to the game, and I didn't see that part live. And I go back, and I'm watching it. And the first thing that's coming to mind, I'm like, yes, I love how uh, Giordano got in there. I love how the boys responded. And I, you know, watching it through a couple times. And then I started noticing something. I'm like, oh, this kind of looks weird. And I kept bringing it back and looking at it. And I started doing these dumb little uh, breakdown things from home, just on nights where I just get fired up. And I know if I don't say something, I, I like it's going to bug me, right? So that's what I did last night. I'm like, all right, let's, uh, you know, I'm looking at that, that video and it just, I didn't, I've never seen anything like that. fellas. I don't know if you guys have, and I'm not trying to come down and, uh, and people probably are like, yeah, right. I, I'm not coming on Austin Matthews. I love Austin Matthews. I love what he brings. I don't want to see that guy fight ever. But I, I, when we're talking about a group here in this team, and it seems like everything is striking a chord all the time, it's panic city. Uh, you look for certain things, right? And that scrum happening. I love the response by the teammates. But it kind of seemed like one guy wasn't really involved in it. The guy that started it, Austin Matthews. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want him fighting, but there's a way to, 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 be in the, to, to be in the battle with your teammates. And the body language stunk. It stunk. And, and I've never seen anything like that before. And we've seen that smile on his face at times when he's trying to just laugh things off. And, and, and it first started off funny, and we're seeing it time and time again. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking as the opponent, when the opponent's, watching that line is getting deeper and deeper lining up to challenge Austin Matthews. And it doesn't mean he has to fight. I don't want him fighting, but here's the situation is that you have your teammates jumping in there. You can at least, you can at least show some enthusiasm, show something. And I, that, that bugs me that, that it almost looks like there's, there's different rules that apply. And we know in the playoffs, like, you got to be a tight-knit group. You need, you know, on one side, yes, the teammates responded. But this, this team's got to find another level. This group has to get squeezed. You need to find this intensity. That, there was zero intensity on that, and, and we've seen it before. So, I don't know. I was just sitting there. I'm like, I, it, it's, it's probably fine now, and you see the, everyone's saying the right things today. It, it may not be an issue now. At some point, it'll be an issue. I've been there, you know, I, Kipper, you've been there. Like you got to be in the fight with us. If we're going to fight for you and with you, you got to be in it with us too. And, and I, I think that's lacking. And this team needs to find another level and certain things like this stick out like a sore thumb. We're talking to Mike Rupp, NHL network analyst and, we're talking Austin Matthews. Uh, the point that uh, we try to make earlier, I may try to make earlier that, and this is, this is for some people who see things black and white, Rupper, and it's like, oh, I don't want him dropping the gloves and breaking his hand. And it's, it's not one or the other. There, there is a fine line. If you were Sheldon, Kyle, or Brendan, what do you say, Rupper, to, to Austin after you, you show him your video? Like, where do you – can you coach that into him? Can you uh, – from your experience, from some guys who just feel like it's not my job – can you work with him so there's a fine line where it, it doesn't play out this way? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I, I, I don't know because, again, I haven't I, – I have never seen that in that way. To have on that video and it's like to watch that replay and see 
basically nine skaters and three referees all moving frantically in one direction, and there to be one person just standing still, the guy who started all of it and the guy who escalated it and kept it going. And so this situation, the the perfect way of handling it, and there's, like you mentioned, there's many ways of handling it, just bear hug Konechny. Just just bear hug him. The linesmen are going to come in, break it up. But, like, Austin kept prodding it. He kept dragging it along. And that's fine. I like the fact that he went after him in the corner because I thought Konechny was trying to take a little cheap shot at Austin at net side. And and so it's just, you know, I I don't know. It's just I, I feel like you're watching it there. And, you know, there's this, this intensity level that we need to see from this team to feel like there's something different. And when you take one step forward and the other reaction there with the other guys, and then it seems like there's two steps back. It's like not everybody is ever on the same page. Uh, I don't know if you could say something, though. I mean, can you? I, I kind of feel like what we've seen over the last number of weeks, it kind of feels like that's just, that's just, the, way, that's just the way it's run there, right? Like it's just kind of it, – it, it might be too late. I don't understand how you can institute that overnight. Like it's just something you get and it's something that's instituted and it's part of your foundation as a team. And I don't know, they, they covered up some areas. And, and again, I love the freaking response by Bunting and Giordano and, and everybody else there. It's just, uh, you, you need your big guys to do it with you. you, you I, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but you can bluff your way through that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I survived Absolutely. my career. Sure, you know, right? You know who's yeah. you know who's bluffed their way, and this is uh, I, you. You kidding me? You tell me that I didn't bluff my way through? Things? Absolutely. <laughs> I I think I'm you. pooping my pants <laughs> yeah, in real yeah. life. True, but at least I'm facing you. But you know what? <laughs> Fake it until you make it. it. You know, yeah, and and I think that that's like, I don't know. I it just to me, it's it's again. I don't care if he ever drops his gloves. You know those guys that fake it till you make it? And this is, people are going to be like, oh, you're comparing him to Patrick Hornquist. I'm not comparing him to Patrick Hornquist at all. There's, there's no comparison. Austin Matthews is a top five player, maybe top three, maybe top two in the world. He's world-class, MVP, deservingly so. He's awesome. Uh, but you had a guy like Patrick Hornquist. If you took him up right now, I'm not sure that guy ever had a career fight. But what do, what, when you think of Patrick Hornquist, what do you think? Yeah, you just want to like, and, and I don't want Austin playing like that. I don't want it playing like that. But it's almost like when you make a decision to go after Travis Konechny in the corner and give him a shot, give him a shot, bear hug him, and, and let everybody else come in. But you're going to go start it. People are going to fly in. You're going to stand there and laugh. And then it's going to kind of, you know, dissolve. And then you're going to start it up again allow Michael Bunting to jump in again and stand there and laugh and, and just total limp body standing there. That's a terrible sign. And if I'm on the other team and if I'm another player watching and you're going to play this Leafs team, if you didn't know before, I know now you, that's the guy we're going after. We're going to go after him because he has no pushback and it'll set everybody else off. Rupert, does, does Crosby get the credit he deserves for handling these situations over his career? Um, probably doesn't get the credit, but I'll tell you, but he, but I'll he, tell you I've seen it first. He's I'll pretty say, good at it. He, he's pretty good at it. And, uh, you know, Hey Sid, I love you, but he, he's pretty dirty once in a while too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he'll give you a little shot there. And that's the other part too. You know, Austin's had a little, little, little spear in the stomach there. He's doing all the things to keep this thing going. And then just wants everyone else to clean up. And, and I have seen guys it, 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 again, I don't know. Is Connor, 
you remember Connor had this last year in uh, Erie in the OHL had that fight, broke his hand on the glass. I, is he really, I don't, has he fought? Maybe one fight in the NHL. I'm not asking you to fight. I'm just asking you to, to bring the intensity level your teammates have because we all know when you get in the playoffs, you can't hide this stuff. We got a glimpse, I think, in that game, and I don't care that it's November 2nd. I don't care it's 5-2 against the Philadelphia Flyers. Game's over. We got a glimpse in a little litmus test in the intensity of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we had some of the guys tasked with flying colors, and we had probably the most important guy fail. And at some point, this is going to rear its head. And I don't think you can just pick this up overnight. I don't know. I'm, I I'm really am concerned with what I saw. Maybe I'm overreacting. Whatever. All I know is I learned what it takes to play in the playoffs by watching players of, of great skill that just they're in the trenches with you. Right. And, and it, 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 there's something with that. It's galvanizing. I didn't see it last night. Robert, one, one more before I let you go is, is, is for me, it's always uh, the message moving forward. So if you're the Boston Bruins and you're up next against Austin, for me, it's what, what that message tells a guy like Brad Marchand, who has no problem dragging his team into a fight. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fair point. Um, you know, you, you're going to have, again, people take notice, people notice these things and uh, you're going to have, you just, you just can't have passengers in all areas of the game. Um, I mean, even again, not to come down, but we're talking about the Leafs. Austin had an incredible season last year, incredible 60 goals. I hope the guy gets 70 someday, but they he got 60 goals. They still didn't get past that wasn't the missing ingredient. They can score. You know, they'll get it going this year. They haven't quite up to their standard yet, but they'll get that going. They're lacking something different. Is this it? I don't know. This is something that's standing out. Um, you know, and you got other guys reacting. There once was a time where we said, no one reacts. No one. Re-. Well, we had the reaction. We're halfway there. Now we need, we need everybody to be all the way there. You know, and, and over the last couple of weeks, there's been some concerning things with the star players on this team. And if you're going to have 16 guys, 17 guys ready to go, they ain't going to win you a playoff series. You got to have 18 skaters going and, and, and committed in all areas. Rupper, really appreciate your time. We know you're a busy guy, uh, but uh, as always, thanks for uh, your appearance on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Awesome, fellas. Enjoy. We'll talk later. Thanks, Rupper. <clears throat> I think people can kind of get the concept of. Yeah. of, of of today's game, mm-hmm. still having a that is an element in today's game still. Oh sure, intimidation is still very real. Um, showing that you'll stick up for yourself. I just was thinking back to, you know, because I'm not naturally a guy who likes to get into this sort of stuff. But as I mentioned on the show many times, there were points where I just couldn't help it or felt obligated. And the the best feeling to me was the times I did do it coming into the room with a bunch of guys on the team, you know, when it was like a scrum, a three-on-three, and you're all kicked out of the game, you're coming into the room together and kind of talking about what happened, what you saw, everyone. And you're laughing. You're laughing, you fought together. Like, there's a uniting, a galvanizing part of that that you guys were all kind of in this thing together. But it happens happens at Beer League. Yeah. If there's a little hoot nanny and guys get kicked out of the game, that's the number one time guys are most fired up. It's a uniting thing. uh, do you guys get the feeling that uh, that maybe they're not as close of a team as they sometimes make out to be? 
I always get the That's feeling that they are no a idea. core group of guys with taped on people to the outside who feel like they're here for a year to get a bigger contract, to fill a role. Like it feels like someone else's team to Zach Aston Reese, who's here for one year on the cheap. But that's it, it, it's almost been explained that way that, you know, if you're a player like Zach Hyman or McKayev, do well here and you'll go elsewhere and make big money. Sure. Yeah, you have the chance to earn and your money on a short thing here. and Is that a disadvantage for the, the present team because you're always feeling like you're this Well, you're going to change the outside parts you're every con- year. You're, you're this contracted employee, which you are, but you're, you're playing for your next gig. You're not playing for... <laughs> this gig. This- like if you have a great 82 games, you're like, I've got a contract for next year. I've done that. That's, That's always been one of my complaints about this team is the lack of cohesiveness throughout it. It always feels like it's five guys. I guess it's, you know, the four big forwards. Riley, uh, who else did you throw in there? I guess Brody, kind of. But even him, you know, he's on a shorter one. It just seems like it's been, like you said, and then the bottom six. I guess Spezza, too, would have been in that mix for a guy that's a heart and soul guy. But it just always feels like there's a disconnect between the bottom six and the top six. So. Yeah, whether you're Kubel or you're yeah, Mulligan or just... you're Aston Reese or you're even David Kampf, like, it's like it feels temporary until Kampf goes and gets... Three you, times you, three you, somewhere you, next you, year. You do make a, a great reminding point for me is that that's that's when you really feel close to your teammate. Like there's nothing better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not this isn't sport here. This is life. Oh yeah. I know someone's got my back. I'll love you to you got death. That adrenaline rush and, and, and I know. will do anything yeah. for you. If I feel like you're willing to get your nose dirty for me, yeah. you got a friend for life, man. Yeah. I, Completely agree. That's why I, I love wonder you if guys. there won't be a. Le- <laughs> I wonder if there won't be a Leafs who nanny some sort of brawl that the Leafs find is that moment for them. Like I understand it wasn't last night, but maybe last night pushes them towards a realization they need that. Although, like the next yeah. time that happens, the next time Boston that happens, it can't night? happen again. So you're telling me that they have it in them. It just hasn't really surfaced yet. Well, maybe it's not natural to them, but they feel the need to force it out. Maybe now they'll say, okay, well, we know. But that was that. That, that was uh, Spezza last year with in Win- Winnipeg. Flying And then Spets. it just died. This is the thing. Is it, it just no, died on the vine. No one came with them. Maybe now there will be the epiphany that someone needs to. And by someone, I mean I, everyone. To me, is I don't understand how... If you are a guy on the hockey team and you saw the way the crowd reacted last night to what Giordano did, I don't know how you want to do that every night. I'd be flying around doing dumb crap. Like, like, I played with a guy named Ty Domi yeah. that did it for like 17 years. I know, but it's just like that has to be the most, ad- the most addictive and feeling was, in the world. And was thought of, 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 a, of a god. And Matt Sundin, there's not anything that Matt Sundin wouldn't do for Ty Domi because... Every night for 15-plus years, Ty would go down the opposite bench Don't touch and him. say, you see number 13, you even look at him cross-eyed, and I'm coming after you. But- and, and they would be petrified. But don't you feel like this is what I'm talking about with Matthews, that they've told him he's Sundin in that scenario, that no one is supposed to touch you. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. You just play hockey. Yeah. And that's where this is born out of. And then of. 19 other guys look over their shoulder and say, hey, where's Ty Domi? Because it ain't me. I feel like this conversation, exact conversation we've had for the last 51 minutes. Yeah, we're we're, we're in circles now. No, it's okay. Okay. We've got to go in a couple minutes. All right, hold on. I want to finish it off with torts. Yeah, but just let me say, didn't this conversation happen about Sundin too? About him never fighting and never... 
feel like this conversation was the exact well, conversation. Well, at least he got over the hump Maybe. and they finally won. Ah, oh, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But let's do Torts for quick, quick. Okay, this was John Tortorella before the game on the heat that maybe Sheldon has been feeling. Sheldon Keefe. You guys, you guys don't know anything. See, I coach, I coach against Sheldon, and uh, I think coaches know other coaches. You guys don't know what he does. You don't know what he's done for that team. Uh, I've watched him far, and I have to admit, I have a, uh, I, I coached him. But we've had conversations as a young coach in this league. Uh, you guys chuck darts at him because you want some results, and it, I guess it is. It's always the coach that gets the darts chucked at him, but. I know in, in watching him and coaching against him, uh, I, I think he's a terrific coach. And I hope he jams it to you all, quite honestly. Not tonight, but uh, <laughs> uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Why is it always the coach that seems to get the... Yeah, I'm asking why. Why? You, I'll ask you that question. You're probably second-guessing him. Yes. Yeah. It is what it is. I, I, and, you know, I can't answer that question. It's part of our being. And, again, I'm not... I'm not complaining about it, but I, I, I think he is a really good coach. You guys don't have a clue what he does for that team. I Okay, I'll just answer towards his question because it's easier to get rid of you than 19, 20 other guys. That's why. Oh, then get the f- out of here then. I, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. Oh, my God. It's like he's talking to me. I will. I gotta, I gotta get Torts back. So he, he knows Sheldon from Sheldon played hey, for him three years from in Tampa, Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah. So they, they have a relationship. But I, I will get Torts back on one particular element of that. We talked about bluffers. I think there's a lot of people in media who bluff about knowing about hockey. I think there's a lot of bluffing, and that's why I love working about you because you know this stuff so thoroughly. I hear a lot of people talk about coaching. Oh, the coach, the coach this, the coach that. The systems. Yeah, well, what are the systems exactly? exactly. Which part do you not like that they do in their systems? Go ahead and tell me something. It's the nameless. They lose the coach's fault. So to Torts' point, they're a pretty organized group. They have a lot of players who don't like to play a certain way. And We've been clear here. It's not like, like Sheldon's going out there and saying, hey, Cheat off the face-off. A hundred percent. Okay? Right. This is what I want you to do. When the puck drops, hope that it jumps ahead and you go in <laughs> go and regardless. score. And go in and score. Yeah. Oh, good plan. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's not happening. No, you're so right. So there, there is. But just from a bird's-eye view, I, I loved what Torts did to, for Sheldon. I Agree. really did. Agreed. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a nice, It's a nice thing to do in, in a market that... Is cuckoo cocoa puffs? Sure. I know what you're saying. Cuckoo cocoa puffs. While we're getting teammates back to backs today, this is a good time to bring up that Kipper wrote a dynamite column. Holy hell! I, tr- I was turning pages else. in my phone. Like, oh my god, this is a page turner. And this baby. is something that we need to discuss too. I did. Um, I guess my article this week for the wait, Toronto wait, Star. Do you no, want to go to break no, and come back to it? We going to do five minutes on it, or do you want to go? Well, we can. I think yeah. it needs I, more to than me, five. it needs more than five. Okay, well, let's, let's hold on to it because I want to get the send stuff too. Send stuff's interesting. Ryan oh, Reynolds yeah. going to buy it, so yeah. we'll do that next. And yeah. we'll get into it. I got an opinion on Ryan Reynolds. Who doesn't love Ryan Reynolds? Please. Oh, oh my yeah, God! Let's go. Welcome After to rest for let's go. <laughs> <laughs> After the break. All right, you're watching Real Kipper and Born on our YouTube channel and listening. Wherever. Spotify. Somewhere. iTunes. Rate, review, like. Like. Do the things that keep us employed. Back after these words. 
All right, we're going to hunt down Wayne Scanlon, Sportsnet columnist, based out of Ottawa. We know what the hottest story is right now, do we not? About Ottawa? Yeah. Yeah, Deadpool, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Wow. That was a scoop from what? People Magazine? Was it actually? That I have no idea. Reynolds wants a piece of the Ottawa Senators. All right. Let's welcome in Wayne Scanlon, Sportsnet columnist based in Ottawa. Have you found Ryan Reynolds yet? <laughs> I found his street. <laughs> yeah, he has one there, right? Got a, you know, he literally has street cred in Ottawa because, uh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds' way was de- was declared a thing earlier nice. this year. The mayor named a street after him. All right, so. listen. Before, why don't you, Wayne, just tee us up a little bit in terms of going into this season – the loss of Eugene Melnick, what that meant, uh, was this anticipated? Was it inevitable? Or is this still quite a surprise for Ottawa fans to hear that uh, there is an official for sale sign? No, not a surprise at all. I think this is all playing out as people expected. Mind you, it's all been very quiet and delicate and behind the scenes because you know, given the circumstances and uh, Anna and Olivia, Melnick's daughters, uh, basically inheriting the franchise, people wanted to be respectful. I mean, they were they were grieving the loss of their father, and, you know, they had a little tribute to him when the Washington Capitals were here, and they, they had, you know, they dropped the puck in a ceremonial face-off and, and all that stuff. Um, so people just wanted to let them take some time to sort out. They inherited a lot of things, not only this hockey franchise but you know some other elements of of eugene melnick's uh, business empire so um there was there's a lot to think about but i i don't think anybody thought that these two young women in their early 20s you know decided this was going to be their future to, to run a hockey franchise for years to come so i think this is playing out pretty much as we expect it'll be interesting to see if they retain maybe a sliver of that ownership, you know, out of respect for their father. So that's that's something to look for down the road. So the Ryan Reynolds story is the one catching all the attention. Um, I guess you can let us know if you think there's any fire with that smoke and, and who else might be potential candidates to, you know, be involved there. Well, you know, we can we can kind of make jokes about the Ryan Reynolds thing, but he does have some connections here. He, uh, he grew up here for a time in Vanier. Uh, this during the pandemic, he and his wife, Blake Lively, made a sizable donation to the Ottawa Food Bank, um, which, you know, kind of preceded him getting the, the street named after him and all of that. But, you know, uh, good Canadian guy. He knows about uh, sports franchises because he's part owner of, uh, as you guys know, uh, a soccer team in Wales. So uh, I, I think he understands how he wouldn't have to be here every day. Uh, I, I think he might have some interest. I, I do think it's it's legitimate. I don't know if you saw his reaction on Twitter when a Senators fan sent him a note and said, uh, hey, Ryan, buy this franchise. And he gave one of those thinking emojis, you know, with the little hands on the chin, like, hmm. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he didn't dismiss it, did he? So, I don't know. I, I mean, would you think that that's the way it's going to go? Probably not. But um, I think, you know, he may consider with a a group of financial guys and maybe people that want to be here more on a day-to-day basis that, you know, that could be a group. But I think there's a a ton of others. You know, some of the names 
that are already surfacing. Um, you know, the Hamilton Bulldogs owner, um, he's he's got a, a small percent in the uh, in the Montreal Canadiens, so we'd obviously have to relinquish that. But um, there's there's some other names that are coming out, like the Michael Kimmel and his brother used to be part owners of the Penguins. Uh, they'd probably be interested. I think there's going to be interest throughout North America, really. I don't know about local ties and local money. I don't think there's anybody that could really write that kind of a check up here. But could a local group be part of a broader group? Maybe. Um, I mean, we're just really getting started here, so it's really hard to say which way this is going to go. We we know the values went public a little bit, uh, and uh, is it Sportico that uh, came out with the, uh, the the list? And on average, now we're talking a billion dollars. That's the number that I heard um, com- uh, coming out of New York. I don't know if he can hit it, and we know that there's issues uh, in the marketplace now. Uh, and it's challenging even for billionaires today. We know that. But is there a sense here that uh, you, we are talking uh, almost eight, nine hundred million? Can they get close to a billion dollars for the Ottawa Senators? I, I think they can, and and here's why: because you look at Ottawa and you say, "Oh my God, playing out in Canada, and they've had attendance issues, and Ottawa's not the biggest market." But I'm telling you. The whole LeBreton project is the is the golden goose here. I mean, you're talking about a parcel of land that's really probably the last parcel of land really close to the heart of a city, of any major city in Canada. And that's the NCC has owned this land forever, and they've basically said hands off. And guess what? You know, about 10 years ago, they opened things up and said, let's do something here. Let's do something special. And, of course, Melnick's group, Won the bid in 2016 to put a new arena in there, and that, that whole thing fell apart. But they're back again. And guess what? The Senators are the preferred bid to go back there. So there's some things to get done. There's a lease that has to be worked out, and they have until September of 2023 to do that. But I really think they're going to get it done this time. And, and I think the new owner coming in, I mean, there's still lawsuits between uh, John Ruddy and Trinity Developments and and Melnick's estate over the way it fell apart the last time. Nobody wants to get in, you know, buy a team with with that hanging over their head. So that has to be cleared up. Uh, the lease has to be worked out. But so, it's a pretty exciting project for a, a new owner to come in and know that there's a brand new arena going in in Central Ottawa sometime yeah. in the future. So, so what uh, is it? Simply a matter of Eugene not wanting to. Uh, stick his hand deeper in his pocket and a potential Ryan Reynolds would have to. Is that the only difference between getting it done and not getting it done? Yeah, I think there's a lot more. You know, Eugene was a complicated character, as you know. Not an easy guy to work with. If you talk to Trinity, they will say, look, he wasn't really willing to pay for the arena. That's why it fell apart. Melnick said it was a conflict of interest on Roddy's part because he had other developments downtown. So, you know, who knows? But I just think with a, a, a brand-new set of characters, we even have a new mayor. I mean, Mark Suckliff's a guy that I've, I've worked with a bit in the past. He's a, a broadcast guy and an entrepreneur, business type. I think he's kind of interesting to 
to come in on the scene. You've got new senators' representation, and down the road you're going to have some billionaire owner that's going to oversee this thing. How they're going to get it paid for, what levels of government are going to be involved. I think they're kind of looking at Roger's place in Edmonton with the way that that, that played out, that the city and the, and the province kind of own the land and the building, and then it gets paid off. You know, the Oilers have a small share of it and then pay it off in a lease arrangement over the years. You know, they may be looking at something like that. I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of wrangling before all that gets done. But, you know, I, I think it's got a real shot this time, you know, unlike 2016. Do you think any of what they've done this past offseason and the direction they're at now is kind of geared towards making them as sellable as possible, like bringing in Giroux and Debrinket, spending money, all of a sudden trying to get this interest kind of revved up before it's sale time? A hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, I'm told there was some outside money involved. I mean, where did the money come from all of a sudden to sign Claude Giroux and Debrinket, all these guys? Like, not signed to bring it, but, but pay that salary. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm told that there was some outside money in the NHL oversaw that budget and approved it, and here we are. And they've, they're actually the team's letting the side down, right? Because they should be playing a little bit better on the ice. But everybody else, you know, they, they've spent money at least on forwards. They could have spent a little more on defense. They might not be blowing leads like they do. But um, yeah. That's exactly what it was. This is like to shine this thing up. It's up for sale. And it was a pretty good strategy when you think of it. We're talking to Wayne Scanlon. We're talking Ottawa Senators for sale. Wayne, is there any sense on how this is going to play out here? Is this going to be first billionaire that stands up and hits my price wins? Is Gary going to invite people to the table here? I, again, I can't stress enough that uh, it's not the greatest market out there financially for anybody. How much forensic needs to go in? How much debt is on the table here? Who pays what? How long is this going to take? Well, I think it, it could take, I, I kind of look at next fall, like give this about a year. That's a, that's enough time to kind of get LeBreton sorted out and figure out how that's going to go, get those lawsuits out of the way, just see exactly what the landscape is for the new people coming in. Um, I think Gary's going to be very involved. I, I know that he's been very excited and connected to that LeBreton project. Like he he's, you know, getting caught up to speed on, on an almost daily basis as to what's going on down there. So he's very much going to have a hand in, in who buys this thing. And, and, you know, I think he'll be involved, you know, in a search in, in some way. But, um, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot to be done. I think it's going to take probably six to nine months to get everything in place. Uh, what, what goes first, the sale or LeBreton? I, I, you know, maybe the club gets sold, but everything's kind of lined up for LeBreton, and then he gets in on there, the group gets in on the ground floor as that gets going in a more serious way. But and it's going to be, you know, you've got to have a long-term vision because it's going to be several years to get the thing built and, and up and running. In the meantime, you've got to operate out in Canada where they've had, you know, trouble drawing and it's an old building, and so it, it's not going to be overnight. One more for me, and we'll bring it back to Deadpool. <laughs> is is a Ryan Reynolds the type of guy that could rally uh, a city like Ottawa? It, can he be a difference maker for this franchise moving forward? Or just the stability of maybe one billionaire to 
to answer to is just as good? Uh, you know, I think they would both work, but you know, Ryan Reynolds would just make it so much, so much more fun. And when you think about the the marketing potential, it'd be so many layers. Uh, you know, I think that would be very exciting. But I think if you had, you know, just a stable guy that came in, nobody had heard of Eugene Melnick, you know, outside of the, the pharmaceutical world and, and maybe the horse business. Nobody really talked about him coming in in 2003. So it might be some, somebody that we haven't even thought of or considered somewhere in North America that uh, sees this as a, as a great idea. But it's uh, it's going to be fun to, to see it up and running and changing in a new direction because uh, God knows they've really needed it. Hey, Wayne, really appreciate uh, your insight into this. It's going to be a big story here for the next little while as we anticipate uh, uh, the future of the Ottawa Senators. Thanks for doing this. Anytime, guys. Wayne Scanlon, Sportsnet columnist based out of Ottawa. That uh, sounds complicated to me. You know, you got an uh, arena deal and a parcel of land, previous lawsuits, potential new owner... I don't claim to know Ryan Reynolds very well. Oh, don't you? Or him and I are buds. Yeah? Yeah. Are you a Deadpool guy? No, just Ryan and I go way back. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, More of a just I'm friends. A, I, I get a little... Yeah, yeah. I put my guard up a little bit with, uh, you know, the whole celebrity thing. And listen, in, in 24 hours since it was leaked that he had interest in the Ottawa Senators, I mean... Go down your Twitter or Instagram, and it's it's all over the place. Sell some season like, tickets, I think. At the very least, if he does not buy the Ottawa Senators, uh, it's hopefully maybe leading to more people buying his movie tickets. But <laughs> what a wonderful opportunity to get some free publicity right now. For who? For both. For Ryan. I, I just thought the most unbelievable thing out of that interview was him saying that there was outside money involved in getting the Senators' budget together to get Giroux and Dabrinkit. Oh, 100%. What does that mean? I, what, uh, that's unheard of to well, me. No, G- it's not. Gary wants them to go for more. But so, so what the hell does it. that mean? They went and got someone yes. to give them $4 yes. million dollars or yes. something that they're going to pay him back? Correct. To wow. make payroll? Wherever that wow, money wow, came wow, for, wow. wherever that money came for from, you're getting it back on, on a sale. Oh, I see. So when you sell the team, you'll yes. say, yeah, we'll give you four and a half million back or whatever the hell. Well, the whatever the percentage is. is on there, it. There's a deal. There's, there's, there's the deal. Okay. You front this money now and you make this plus yeah. uh, on the back end. But it, that Bettman is involved in that. He basically went to whoever is overseeing the franchise. I understand the daughters are yeah. in charge, but I'm sure that they have a lot of help. Bettman went to them and said, hey, we got to put a spit shine on this thing. Like we and, gotta and they polish did. this thing up. Those are real assets. Players are assets. Contracts are assets. They own the contracts. So you you sell the contracts. You're selling everything about the Ottawa Senators, mm-hmm. and that's on top of the price. Here you get one slightly used Brady Kachuk. Go for it. So good contract. And I, I listen. I, I know Ryan Reynolds had his gin. And Aviation Gin brought I, you. I mean, even, what's his net worth? Let's even if it brought in oh, six hundred, so six fifty, what? He, he'd be the poorest owner in the NHL. Oh yeah, he couldn't do it alone. He couldn't do it alone. Have you seen this Welcome to Wrexham, where they buy the fifth division soccer team in Wales for how much? I don't know, ninety three cents. I have no idea what it cost. They saved it from 
Nothing. Okay. Yeah. So how much if they saved it from nothing? But you know they they put in a new uh, field there. You know they, which is on three hundred thousand dollars. They put in whatever. Yeah, the whole thing probably costs a couple nuts. million dollars. Well, Netflix is also paying whatever wow. they pay for a show. Like he's a- not falling behind in the Accor- deal. According to CelebrityNetWorth.com, Ryan Reynolds' net worth is one hundred and fifty million dollars. Oh my God, he's no. These poor. things are garbage, though. These things are hot garbage. He's poor. He's poor. Listen, even sense. if he's worth a billion, he's not giving it all to the Ottawa Senators. So yeah, he's gonna be the face. He's gonna be the front face of a of a of all a group. Right. So we got another Drake with the Raptors, <laughs> a global ambassador. Great. We don't. Yeah. It's not a good Great. comparison at all. Let's <laughs> buy him a leather jacket for seven hundred thousand dollars. Drake never owned any of the Raptors. Kev. He was just John a global Le- ambassador. How much- I know. That's yeah. all he's gonna be. Do you so- know how much John Ledecky owns of the Islanders? It's like a percent. Okay, so but he's the face of the so, ownership so, group. So, and he is amazing. He's a great man. He's got a piece of the team. That's my point. Isles fans love him. So Ryan's going to own... Me included. ...a percent, and he's going to walk around like he owns 99%. By the way, Ryan Bingo. Reynolds has to have more money than that. He's a gin company, a... Yeah, Mo Free... Was it a cell phone company? He's got... He's Deadpool, for crying out loud. He's got to be and making... I, I got to be honest with you. Gary Bretman doesn't strike me a guy as a guy that wants, like, you know... 50 owners of the Ottawa Senators uh, led by Ryan Reynolds and Hollywood people and, you know, tr- start dragging them to the Board of Gary Governor Batman. meetings. <laughs> I just, I had a, I had a, I had a uh, I'm just Googling here. How much money does Ryan Reynolds really have? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I remember looking up like, I don't know, we were doing this network worth thing at some point and it was like Bob Bourne net worth and I think it came up like $15 million. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know where these figures come from um, from some of these yeah, websites. Yeah, a lot of them are, yeah, should goofy. Look, should we look up Nick Kiprius? No. no. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't be there. Are you sure? <laughs> I wouldn't be. Well, now we're finding out, aren't we? But I just, lots of bells and whistles with that. I, I really believe that you know, in a perfect world, it's not corporate. Mm-hmm. It's not corporate. That I, I don't. I, I mean, as a whole, Gary Bettman's been around a long time. Yeah. Would he rather deal with one family or one owner? I was just than, gonna say, Whoop. than than a, than a corporate company. And we've got one right here. You've got Bell Rogers yeah. and Larry Tannenbaum, and you're like, you know, how's that working out? Yeah. Wouldn't you rather just be like, yeah, here's a cajillionaire that buys them and is yeah, a contributor to the... Care. Yeah, like he spends <laughs> money on the team, happy to help with the arena, blah, 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 as opposed to like, oh, cool, Ryan Reynolds is at the meeting. Like, I don't know what he... I know what, I know what Gary would prefer, right. unless he's a big Deadpool guy. I'll just leave it that if, if his wife, Blake, drops the puck every game... If <laughs> the team will get the team at a discount? Then, <laughs> yes, I'm okay with Ryan. They're doing well. They gave a million dollars to the Ottawa Food Bank during the pandemic. A million. So Ottawa Senators? No, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Oh, isn't that nice of them? Friend, yeah, very. Is it enough to buy the team? <laughs> I don't think so. They need that many times over. Okay. It'll, it'll be fun to watch here. I'm really interested to see if, if there's a bidding war. And Wayne's absolutely right. Buddy, sports teams this right is, now are a hot commodity. This is, uh, Any sports well, team. there's only... 120. 32 members. Yeah. Right? In the NHL club. It's hard to get an invitation. So, 
It's going to be a bidding war here. How many people are, uh, how many are out there? You want to buy a piece? Well, let me see how much loose change I have. <laughs> Real right Kipper now. and Bourne Arena? I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure Sportsnet but, would invest in that. Like, Come on, team. Take a look at Seattle now. It's just barely oh. two years in and 600, I think, at the time. To buy? Yeah. 650. Yeah, 650. 650. Yeah. And a rink. On a renovation that probably is running a billion and a half right now. Yeah, they got some big names. Is Bruckheimer's involved there? Maybe the the movie industry is going to move into the sports world. You know how many now. tickets you got to sell to make that money back? Hey, who doesn't want to watch Jamie Alexiak lose two to one? Do you, to, uh, do you think Bruckheimer's like making the decision to scratch Shane Wright every night? <laughs> I hope not. They're going to send you, him back to junior. Uh, it, it's early in that franchise too, but. Go look at the prices. They they might be. Oh, to buy a ticket. Oh, buy a ticket. Yeah. Buy a beer. It ain't cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Oh yeah. There's a few people that have. I ma- can't made believe... some noise about how expensive it is. It's funny. They really went all in on the idea that they were going to win practically, build slow defense, goaltending. Uh, like, I wonder if the <laughs> ownership the worst is like, goalie could... in the league, forty million. Yeah. Bucks. If the ownership isn't like, could we get some Ooh, excitement? Grubauer? Like, someone yeah. fun to watch. You just got to get healthy. Ah, well, he was bad last year, wasn't he? The worst goalie. I don't know if he's the worst, but Peter Mrazek was in the league. I'm looking. Yeah, he still is, right? What are you looking at now? I'm looking at uh, tickets for a Kraken game. Yeah. Let's get to break so we can talk about other things. All right, we got a break coming up. We we got to hit one more break. Sure, let's hit a break. Okay, we're gonna hit a break and then we're gonna follow it up. I wrote an article for the Toronto Star the other day. Uh, the boys want to get into it. It's uh, mostly about uh, how this whole thing's gonna play out. I talk about Brendan Shanahan. Kyle Dubas, Sheldon, and Barry Trotz. And MLS. <laughs> so I, I covered a lot of it, yeah. uh, and we'll discuss after the break. You're watching and listening. Go ahead, Derek. <laughs> takes over. There you go, down the stretch. Back after this. Yesterday, I put out a, a column on uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you can find it on my Twitter account, at Real Kipper. It's through the Toronto Star. Uh, the gist of the story was basically where the Toronto Maple Leafs are, particularly Brendan Shanahan, Kyle Dubas, Sheldon Keefe, and then uh, I also talked about a potential of a, of a Barry Trotz. So the gist of the story that I wanted to put out was that while everybody's calling for heads to roll, there is some time... I wanted to make it clear that I thought Brendan Shanahan is probably in a position to to buy some more time for Sheldon and Kyle. Mm-hmm. That uh, maybe if Brendan didn't have the status that he obviously has with MLSE, they might have been gone even by now. But there is some time still to turn this around maybe not as much or maybe too much, depending on what side you are, right. Justin, on. Um, but that's basically the gist of uh, the story. Yeah, I was was curious reading, because so first off, it is, as we mentioned before, it's it's got some heat to it in a good way. You know, like I think you really touched on a lot of wh- how we got where we are as a franchise and, and the decisions. Yesterday, I asked you about uh, Kyle's contract, him not having a new contract and how it affects sheldon's ability to stay employed essentially like you know would kyle fire a guy 
when yeah. they don't know if Kyle's going to be here. I was wondering if reading this, anyone reached out to you or anything like that, and I mentioned that to you earlier today, just because it is interesting because you do wonder about Shanahan not saying anything. Yes, which I actually support. Him not speaking up. Correct. Yeah. That I believe that there would be, there would have been nothing to gain from it and that by not leading any of the media down a path that could question the coaches, the players, uh, his general manager, that it kind of just put everything to bed until you get through the Philadelphia Flyers, which they won last night. That would make everybody sleep a little better mm-hmm. and get yourself ready for Boston and uh, Caroline on the weekend. I also came away from it with the feeling that, like, Shanahan is a bit of a disc between nerves that would touch if he wasn't there, which is whether firing Kyle or yes. Sheldon or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, his decision-making to hire those guys has him sort of adamant in protecting them a little bit. Well, for sure. And the other part of the story that I wanted to to, to kind of emphasize is that this this build has been there for quite a while, and it started well before... He named Kyle Dubas general manager. The moment that probably Brendan Shanahan had met Kyle, it really started a a thought process on a a new, fresh way to look at things. And Kyle's been able to do that early, to plant Mm -hmm. that seed, to get him through a couple of years of of going through the Marlies to get to the general manager. But this this is a game plan that's been in play, place for a long time. So when people are screaming to fire Kyle or Sheldon, um, that's where, where Brendan c- comes in and, and says, no, we've, we've got this vision and we need to see it through. And don't forget that the early part of that vision was to have Kyle start as the general manager of the Marlies and learn from Lou Lamorello along the way. Uh, Lou is not notorious for teaching people, so Kyle put his focus, yeah. I think, pretty heavily on the Marlies. And the Marlies won the Calder Cup. They won, when I was there, they won five playoff series in two years. Yes. And then the next year, they win the yeah. championship, and Kyle but, takes over. But it, So the point yeah. is, Brandon has seen his guy go have success at the start of it. We're th- four years later, three, four years later, in yeah. the fourth year. Um, I think that, uh, you know, again, thinking about this, I gave it the window of another two weeks. And I I really believe that uh, from an MLSC point of view, that their eyes aren't closed. There are huge concerns. That's the sense that I've gotten, that uh, they're not blind to this. But they put their trust in Brendan Shanahan. He ain't cheap. He mm-hmm. comes in with uh, tremendous status. But... Time's running out, as we know, American Thanksgiving, and you cannot be south of the border on the cut line. And we're going to find out where the direction of the Toronto Maple Leafs go as early as next weekend with some big games here and how they look. Not necessarily how they, you know, how many points they get for me is how they look uh, moving forward. I guess the inevitable question that I want to ask as a part of this, Sam, before you jump in is just, you know, and this is maybe not a question and you wanted me to ask today or not, but this feels like if Shanahan has been given the time to see out his vision and it hasn't worked and they have deemed it not a success, 
are we not talking about just Kyle and Sheldon? Are we talking about Brendan, you know, from the MLSE looking at him and saying, well, it hasn't worked. Well, you know, are we going to let you start over and build again with someone new? Yeah, I, 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 I don't believe that Brendan's in jeopardy okay. today. Okay. And I don't think he'll be in jeopardy uh, next week. And I really believe that Brendan will will be here. And if they have to make a decision in, say, two weeks from now, mm-hmm. then my thought it would be uh, one based on Kyle and Sheldon. And then that's when maybe MLSE goes, okay, let's go big game hunting here and maybe you pull a guy like Barry Trotz in. But so, like, should know. the MLSC board have any say in who runs the, who the coach of the team would be? Isn't that out of their purview? Yeah. Uh, listen, you got the majority of the team owned by Bell and Rogers here. Yeah. There's somebody there paying attention and there's somebody that that's going to have some, some thoughts and ideas on, on what direction it goes. And, they talk to people. They talk to other hockey people. They they get input put from everywhere, including, you know, I, it, it wouldn't be uncommon in any league for an ownership group to call uh, the commissioner of baseball or basketball or or football uh, and say, "What do you think? What do you think we should do here? We got to turn this thing around. We're an original six team. We mm-hmm. we don't want people laughing at us here and and." we got to turn this thing around. Mm-hmm. So that that all comes into play as well. And I'm not so, saying that someone from MLC gets to pick the, the new coach. Uh, Brendan would have, uh, as long as Brendan's there, he's going to have this huge say yeah. on what direction. But envision now that if, in fact, you have to make a, a change and you've had this vision with Kyle and you you have a belief on on how you draft and mm-hmm. how uh, you want to move down in the draft on and and Kyle's been notorious for that. Yep. But you can't really even think about a Barry Trotz coming in and keeping Kyle and think that Kyle can continue his vision when there's a new guy making twenty five million dollars over the next five years. Yeah. yeah. And it may not match with his style. Or he might want to be a, a tougher team. Like, can you envision where well, this Barry reminds just signs me of... a twenty-five million dollar contract, and and he said, and, and and Kyle doesn't want three tough guys on the team, and Barry's Barry does. going, and Barry does. Well, that was Babcock. That was, and it didn't work. It didn't work, and so, that's so. Tell me how it could ever work if if Kyle uh, had to fire Sheldon. And bring in a Barry Trotz. Well, that's kind of the definable thing as we've seen this before where the coach wanted certain players. The team didn't want to give them certain players. And so they needed a coach who would play the players that Kyle wanted. And so I still think that there are some conflicts there when you have the GM saying play these guys or, you know, it's like uh, the original, the actual Oakland A's money ball where it's like, you know, either play the guys I want or I'm going to trade the guys you're playing instead you know, like in in the way the GM is now the coach because he's making the decision yeah. about who's going on the ice, and that's yeah. not what you're hired to so, be. So, so we've seen that conflict. Go ahead, it, Sam. It, let me ask. I want to ask you one, this, one more. One oh, more. Go ahead. I was just going to say yeah. that you know we're talking about a very drastic move, and we're talking about uh, the next 
five, seven, ten games looking like the first ten games. What if they look good? Well, I said that in my article. I said if they if they look good through the weekend, then it alleviates a lot of pressure, and you can get back. You can get through uh, Thanksgiving. You get to a point where it's too late to and, fire guys for and the year. You can get past Christmas. And if you get to a point where you've got some momentum going into the playoffs and you win the first round, then it's extensions for everybody. Don't you think extensions have to come before that? Like if you've made your decision by Christmas, you know, if you haven't extended Kyle by Christmas, it's like, well, we've had this conversation. Uh, Anytime you negotiate, who's got the hammer? Who wants who more? And we had this conversation early in the season. If this thing turns around, and Kyle all of a sudden starts looking like a hero again, maybe it's someone else knocking on my door. Hey, I'm a free agent. You guys let me hang out to dry. Maybe I want to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's, that's in play too, but don't put the cart before the horse here. Can you <laughs> start imagine? some wins. Yeah. So you mentioned the part to me that was interesting. I mean, the whole thing was great, but you mentioned how pissed they are that Trotz said that stuff, right? 100%. So then yeah. does, really? doesn't that make it weird to go back to him if they're so pissed off at him for saying it? Uh, well, who, the they who's pissed may not be here if he's well, here. Wasn't, 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 <laughs> yeah, was Shanahan not involved in that pissed offness? They're, no, they're all, first of all, Kyle's Brendan's guy. Yeah. He's, he's protecting him. As long as he's still the general manager and Sheldon is the coach, he is protecting them. Mm-hmm. And it's not cool to go out there and just plant a seed like that. And at the time, I don't he think did, he did it. At the time, he did it. I think he did. You listen to the clip. No, it was not out of context. Let's just say that. Yeah, I, I think. I think it, even if it was tongue in cheek, it's you know this town. It's yeah. Trotsy it, wasn't born yesterday, buddy. He it, knows it, what it, he was it saying. Just, I don't know. It just started something that yeah. it 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 didn't need a nudge. We should, we should ask Cam and Strick if they were planned on talking about that on the show. I do wonder, I do now wonder, now that that has happened, that he went on the show and said that, you know, knowing that there was no shortage of available head coaching jobs this year, if there wasn't some prior communication with Trotz that was like, if things don't go well in Toronto this year, just hold your horses. Well, you turn Just down hang Winnipeg, on. Right? Yeah, and he's from Dauphin, right? So it was like, just hang on, and if it doesn't work here, you may have the job that you're holding out for. I don't think... If it does work, you'll find work elsewhere the next year. I'm 100% on that page of yours. I think that there's a thought, and it it was with Babcock. Remember he played Buffalo like a fiddle to get to Toronto? Yes, I do remember that. So I don't think there's one second. I think think Barry Trotz showed all his cards when he said... I find an original six team intriguing. That is a message. That is a billboard. Tighten up the tinfoil hat. No, come on. It's not that far out of the realm of possibility. No, it's not that far out of the realm of possibility, but it is some assumption to make that Trotz was trying to what? Stir this up to so the the, well, the board felt pressure to remove he, the coach. He, he, like he, that's a lot of he, dominoes. He's on a media campaign for a guy that wanted to get away and 
I think I think he's saying like December. I don't want to coach till December. It's like, <laughs> like <laughs> December fourth at noon. <laughs> it's just like yeah. yeah. So we got a press um, conference. So, yeah. uh, when you're when you're all ready to fire a guy, make sure it's on my time schedule. Yeah, I got a trip to Bermuda. <laughs> I, I, just, to... I can't help but think how you know it's frustrating for me as a fan, for Leaf Nation, for everybody involved with the Leafs, but I can't imagine how frustrating it must be for Brendan Shanahan who put all this faith in Kyle Dubas for them to not just get one bounce or one game or one thing happen where they get past the first round and it just changes the narrative completely like that like for example Brendan doesn't strike me as a guy that uh, looks back right now he's still still got he's he feels like he's still in the middle he needs a a win or two good showings uh, in in Boston and Carolina. I don't think he's looking any further than that. We know he's in Detroit celebrating his 25th anniversary with the 1997 uh, Stanley Cup champion Detroit Red Wings. But he's he's just thinking about a good showing against the Boston Bruins, Sammy. I don't think he looks back and and reminisces on a bounce. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be surprised. This is a hell of a team, eh? That 97 team, not bad. You got a roster pull up for us at some point? I do. I have it right in front of me. Would you like oh. to hear it? 90, do, are you, do you want uh, anything more to add oh, to no. this? Uh, Before I forget. No, not uh, at all. Um, you know, but it's a bold move that... Uh, it, it, but you got to know for sure that this thing is not getting better. That, that's yeah. yeah. That's the other thing, you know. That I, and everyone I thinks tried it to is. Stress everyone that, thinks it's going to get better for the just Leafs in Toronto. There, it, it, when you're only ten or eleven games in, and I, I get there's a new sense of urgency uh, to not get off to a horrible start and chase uh, three playoff spots out of six teams. Yeah, you know, you want to be in that first or second mode. So you don't have to. You're worried about positioning. You're not worried about jumping over five teams. Mm-hmm. But we're getting closer to that. But we're not there yet. I also think that one thing that's really lacked from the Leafs this season is fair opposition to judge them against. Because we're saying, yeah, they haven't played well against these dud teams. It's always been their nature. But they've also looked really good in the past against good teams. Uh, Will we see that again? They've looked good against Boston. Like. I expect a good game Saturday Well, that's night. the thing. I don't know if they're going to win, right. but I expect them to play. Okay, Engaged. Now, that's big, though. That's a big now, expectation here. Now coming off of a, a win still, and now they're physical. I, I expect Austin to get shot out of a cannon Saturday night. Now, if you listen to this show, he probably will. <laughs> um, he just comes out punching. No stick. So just before I forget, because we mentioned it before the break, I looked up uh, Squid's tickets mm-hmm. for a pair of lower bowl tickets against the uh, Calgary Flames, which is their next, next uh, well, one of their Canadian opponents in December. Uh, for two lower bowl tickets, taxes included $880 for two tickets in the lower bowl. Thank you. Oh, my God. And that's not, the, that's not a resale price. It's not a resale price. That's the Ticketmaster price, $880. USD? Uh, I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, all day long. And I hear the concessions ain't that much cheaper. That's a two, joke. Two beers, four hundred bucks each. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, you talked about how much you enjoyed going to a hockey game. Yeah, it, it's not for people who spend this kind of money. No. You know, they're not watching anyway. They're like, it's there to be there. That's not. You're pricing nah. out the wrong, the wrong. You're pricing out the right people. If you ask me, the very back row in that same game, they're one hundred and thirty bucks at pop. 
Jeez Louise, boy. Yeah. Less than I paid. That's less than I paid last night. Way less. Yeah. Weren't you like, if you don't mind me saying? No, it was like, like 160 for two. Yeah. What do you think Ryan Reynolds is going to charge for that? Oh, one? buddy. He's going to be, he's going to make everybody watch the self praising documentary on him buying the Wrexham thing. He's going to play that the intermission every single <laughs> time. You ever awesome. seen it? I'm on Welcome to Wrexham? Yeah. I'm like, oh, know, eight episodes. Oh, in. my God. It's the most self I couldn't even watch it. Oh, like, how great are you guys? You guys are the best. Thank you. Like, this is just the most self serving stuff. Oh, I've I don't ever see watched. that at all. I think oh. they're doing a wonderful yeah. thing for a curious town in Wales. I don't know. Yeah. Just so self-serving. Okay, I gotta Anyways, catch up on that. Yeah, maybe I'm being too critical here, but I couldn't get through <laughs> it. It seems a bit much to Anyways, me. But... All right. So you got you got some names. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Detroit Red Wings. I do. Ninety-seven. McCarty. Draper. <laughs> yeah, those Malby. are the guys you start with. Yeah, outside of Brandon Shanahan, Steve Eisman, Sergey Fedorov, Nicholas Lindstrom, Igor Larionov, uh, Dermot McCarthy, McCarthy, Vyacheslav Kozlov, Vladimir Konstantinov, Marty Lapointe, Vyacheslav. Betazov, Thomas Sandstrom, Draper, like you said. It's a hell of a team. Here's, here's hey, a, guess who else is on that team? Aaron Ward, our boy. Here's what I want to know is what was their payroll compared oh to league average? Like, you can't build a team like that in the NHL today. You're not allowed to. I think they were flirting up around 90, 100, mil, uh, 100 25 million. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 90. We, we, I think we were up around 80 in 94. Way to go, NHLPA. <laughs> Way to go. Embarrassing. I mean, geez. I'm trying to look that up, see if I can actually look that up. Uh, it's going to be a little tough here. Give me a second, okay? So, if you're going to uh, Little Caesars Arena, I think the ceremony starts around 6. It's going to be, like, close to an hour. Pre-game From today. what I heard. Yeah. So, it's the Ottawa. I'm sorry, Ottawa. I'm all over Ottawa. Caps. The Washington Capitals are into play tonight and they're not getting a warm-up because the ceremony is going to be going on mm-hmm. right they're warming up in the practice rink really uh, that's part of the the building i love it the practice facility that's hilarious they're gonna go in some like mini rink next yes, door and yeah. play, play with <laughs> yeah. the ice they are that's great Hey, that's something different. Really different. Yeah. Oh, what an experience. I, I think these guys, as deserving of celebration as any team, that is a loaded hockey team. My God. <laughs> I do love that. It's like, yeah, the irrelevant Sens. No one cares. Go skate in the... Oh, it's rink. the Caps. It's the Caps. I thought you said the Sens. Yeah, we did. But then it's, oh, it's the know. Caps? Oh, yeah. Ovi's got to skate on the warm-up rink. Love that. Ovi might. There's so many Russians on that team. He might, he might watch. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. Yeah, I think Igor Larionov will be there. Uh, Vladdy Konstantinov. Yep. yep. So he, he he used to like go all season long with head to head with uh, Lindros, eh? So they meet in the finals. Konstantinov? Yeah. Yeah. He used to butt heads. Remember, there's some good hits. Yeah. Between the two. And then Scotty starts the series and puts Lidstrom and Larry Murphy against the, the Legion of Doom. <laughs> Threw him to the wolves, eh? Well, that's what everybody thought. Yeah. But it was like, no, my guys will have the puck and you guys yeah. won't. Very dubacy. Shanahan and it, saw that and, and was like, that's the huh, secret. It worked. Pass huh. it around the bullies. It worked. And here Except we are. Fast forward 25 you, years. You, you've got Justin Hall and they've got Nick Lipscomb. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so there's, there's only, uh, well, you know what? There's the 1997 Detroit Red Wings, and then there's the 2022-2023 Buffalo Sabres. I'm not sure which one is a better team. Yeah, no. <laughs> but how about Tage Lemieux? Oh, my God. So they're up. Uh, Pens are up 3-1, 3-1 last night in the third period. And Buffalo scores five straight. Ice cold Penguins, red hot Sabres. That's six in a row they lost. The, the Leafs got Penguins next week, do yeah, they not? They do. Oh, man, that's stay, not good timing. Can, can they stay ice cold? You never want a good team that's been on a bad run that's about to, you know, get a jolt of surely they'll make some trade or something. Yeah. Well. I just, did you see the jerseys? Yes. The, 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 the reverse they were retros? awfully white to me, Buffalo. The, well, Buffalo had the white pants. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a white pants I'm in. guy. I'm in. What is it, like? Roller hockey. Looks no. Like. Uh, in fairness, I, I once had white sunglasses, uh, so oh, I don't have great pants. Got, pants. That was like 20 yeah, years ago. Yeah, Relax. Yeah, you, guys don't, you guys don't remember the painter pants, do you? No. What do you mean? Uh, like, I remember the They were Cooperals. like the hottest thing in grade nine. They were white <laughs> painter pants. Oh, like you wore them to school? I think yeah, you hockey. you wore them to school. Oh, no, I never know. Did you get paint on I'm on, on my own on this. Did yeah. you get paint on them? Uh, yeah, it was like... Is it a Greek thing? Blood. Blood by the end of the day from getting beat up wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Um, so, Leafy's coming up here, Boston Bruins. Uh, Pasternak on an absolute heater. He's my new favorite player. Oh, is he? Yeah, he is. We should actually announce our favorite players one day. Oh, um, very easy. Tage Thompson, number one. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Tage, oh, he's so good. Tage Lemieux. I'm calling him <laughs> Tage Lemieux the rest of the year. Actually, John Tavares is still my favorite. Then it's uh, Tage Thompson. You love Tavares? I do love Tavares, yeah. Three goals for the captain. It's just, it's, I'm such a hoser, okay. but him coming How home. with the hat trick goal, though? So. Neat little do, slip do, pass into that. Do you that. think that they w- should have blown the whistle on, on a goalie with no skate blade? Because Torts was screaming. I guess the whole bench was like, he wa- they wanted a whistle. Like, that so was the easiest. No based on precedent, but yes, based on logic. Like, the guy can't play his position. It's an essential oh, so piece what, of equipment. So it's like a what, helmet. That's what happened? His yeah. skate blade went out? Oh, my yeah. God, dude. It's, oh, I saw he's push, push, he, push. He, he, he can't get over it. He three times to get over. <laughs> so, There's the biggest open net for I, Tavares. I, I could see that from the greens. I was like, there's a lot of net. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't blowing it down. No. I'm sorry. Get okay. better skates, People, pal. You're in the NHL. Into the crease. People and- are spending 400 bucks for a lower bowl ticket. Not to see faulty equipment. I actually, you know what? I think I agree with you. You know, it's... That's on you. That's on your trainers. That's on your equipment guy. That's on the and equipment that company, company lets you down, stop using them. More pressure on them next time. That's right. Was it N1? Had, like, the great shoe for Marbury, and then he blew it out in yes. his first game and blew his ankle or but something? The interesting part of that goal, to me, was the dry sidle bumper thing. Had yeah. his back to him. Caught it on the back so, and turned and fired. Yeah, Matthews passes it into, you know, in the bumper on yeah. the backhand for the quick shot, which, yeah, Dreisaitl's yeah. done that with McDavid a lot. Something of note is watching Matthews on the power play, and they're looking to get him out of just this stagnant spot. He played in the middle, in the bumper, for, yeah. like, I like that. most of the day. Then they well, flipped him over to the power flank. play goal. Right? He's in the middle. Uh, he's, in the cr- he's in the blue paint. And it's not that I always want him there, but I like the idea of the defense not knowing where he's standing every time to be able to load up on him and, and take away that option. So All moving right. Matthews around on the PP. Good. Maybe a little momentum going into the Boston Bruins. Here come the, the Leafs that we were rooting for. Here come the Leafs. There you go. Thanks. We'll roll it right into Friday's show. <laughs> All this momentum. Yeah. All right, our thanks to Mike Rupp. 
NHL Network analyst and Wayne Scanlon. Ryan Reynolds, if you're listening, we'll take your call. We love you. We'll give okay, you come on the show. Three minutes. We'll give you three minutes to tell us why you think you could be an NHL owner. <laughs> All right, JB, Sammy, Derek, Frank the Tank, Jen. We're all back tomorrow, everybody. Give us a rating and review if you can.